Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. You want me to dummy you again? The fuck out of that net. I'll break your fucking face. Buddy, I dummy you once. You want me to dummy you twice? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7 FM in Danbury and streaming online here at WXCI.org. And we're live here from Western Connecticut State University's Midtown campus. I'm here with DJ Uncle Matt, as I'm DJ Patty Kick on the mic. We've got a few things to talk about before we start the show, but first big thing, new jerseys for the NHL starting in 2024. Um, Adidas chose not to renew their contract with the league. And it was announced this past week that Fanatics would be signing on as the official jersey partner for the next 10 years starting next season. Um, definitely got a lot of fans upset, including myself. Uh, Matt, what did you think about that announcement? Yeah, you know, my take on it is just that this is just, uh, again, you don't. I don't know if the idea is that one of these big brands just doesn't see the, the dollar return on producing NHL jerseys like an Adidas, like NH, uh, like Nike has done in the past and different brands. I would have just loved to to see, you know, the NHL go with CCM or somebody like that and and try and figure out a way to make it work again. I don't know, you know, CCM would basically have to exist just to make hockey jerseys, which it probably, you know, uh, on the apparel side, I mean. So, uh, not a fan of what I've heard about the Fanatics jerseys, I mean, if you, you know, if you go to the the hockey guy on YouTube, uh, the guy Dana, um, you know, he's he's always collecting jerseys and he's, uh, you know, he's breaking down the, the subtle differences in the jerseys and the Fanatic stuff. Just um, listen, it hasn't been good. Well, this must mean though that maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm naive, but it it must mean that there's been some investment or they, they're going to have to have to step their game up to actually accommodate this so i'd actually want to give them a chance but what i what i've heard isn't good i i don't like the way the t-shirts uh fanatics makes fit i'm not crazy about the the one or two hats that i have from them they're just not not the type of hat i really think is cool so i uh, on the fanatics i'm a thumbs down yeah, I mean, I kind of have to agree with you on all those points. I mean, my first jersey, I mean, when I was getting into this, I didn't really know how about the Fanatics quality. I got an Islander jersey of that, and it's not really that great. You can kind of sub it for, like, a T-shirt at that point. It's, like, it's kind of like it just, it just feels cheap when you're, like, wearing it and when you're, like, kind of feeling how the jersey, like, is just made. Um, I have a baseball cap of, you know, the Islanders made by them, and it, it's it's not too bad, but... I mean, I think the whole thing with this signing is just, you know, they make pretty much all the apparel that all those players wear, whether it be for a playoff or a championship or just even in general with, like, the hoodies, hats, the shirts. So they figured they could kind of just take it on with the jerseys. But I don't know. I'll I'll keep it open-minded. Yeah, I'm going to give them a chance. I'd like yeah. to see what they come up with. Listen, maybe they are planning on teaming up with somebody like a CCM to get it right. Maybe they are 
um, just going to mirror. Listen, there's a lot of good manufacturers of, of hockey jerseys out there, to be honest. I just think that, uh, you know, the tackle and twill is what people want, and it's got to be done a certain way. Fanatics' logos, they've been misshaped. They've been too small, too big, in the wrong position. So, I, you know, listen, uh, they're going to have to show and prove. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing with them. It's just there's no, like, quality control over there, so it's it's tough to really, like, get a decent product for – you know that cheap and you would think it they you know make it somewhat nice for the prices you're paying for that but either way it's like i don't know i don't even know how they were like even top consideration for that to be a thing because again ccm i mean they make stuff for the ahl and it's pretty good quality so i don't see why they couldn't do for the nhl but yeah i, I just think that the, the, the issue comes into mass producing it right like how can can you get 10,000 jerseys to the Islanders you know at a certain time all the time and I think that becomes a question again I don't have insider knowledge but this is what I'm guessing it only a certain amount of companies can actually produce these type of jerseys within the time frame that the NHL uh, needs them done and that's why I think you look in Major League Baseball so many guys on the roster they don't really have apparel deals I don't think I mean I think the teams are allowed to use whoever they can yeah uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I, I I think like, you know, there's there's some flexibility there with a lot of different licensing and whatnot. But anyway, uh, it's enough time uh, about the NHL on the show. Yeah. So last weekend uh, we came up six points. You know, having a split series doing the away game Friday night. Um, you know, as you'll hear, we talked with uh, McKittrick who got a hat trick that night, and then Saturday was alumni night. Um, we got the win there. Um, it was a pretty crazy game, I would say, for the most part. Um, the fans really showed to that one, to that Saturday game. I mean, body bag was out. <sighs> I mean, 102 was just, I think this is the most lit I've seen them, you know, this whole season. Because this is really kind of like a night to kind of reenact what it once was, um, you know, during the trasher days and those kind of those times. And, you know, you have that ring of honor ceremony going on, getting some inductees in and, it was overall a fun night. Um, definitely enjoyed seeing Ainsbury drop the gloves there, that second fight. Um, so, and he also got his thousandth penalty minute of his yeah, career. Yeah, congratulations to Daniel Ainsbury on a thousand penalty minutes. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a. Uh, <laughs> it's an astonishing feat to it's, say the yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you know now uh, you also went for the bus ride. Uh, yeah. Last Friday, uh, tell us about it. Uh, it's always great uh, just to get, uh, you know, as I do research for the the book or whatnot. Uh, it's just a, great to be around the guys, and uh, I'm thankful to Johnny and uh, Gonzo and and all these guys on the team, Gordy, because it's just great to be around them and to get, you know, th- th- these guys go through so much, um, really, to play the game and to entertain people, and um, you know. It's really humbling to see to see these guys going after it. It's not easy. Um, the bus rides are long. Uh, there's there's not always perfect uh, situations in terms of travel and food and 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 uh, you know ice time on the road. But I think these guys they they just work so hard at it. And uh, I always have a good time uh, talking with Billy and uh, you know just the guys on the team are. are 
are really great and it's 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 really a privilege to get that perspective of course and then this weekend we're back at home for nice three game stretch going from friday to sunday uh, we're playing the mississippi sea wolves for the first time in danbury this season so that'll be a friday night and a saturday night matchup followed by sunday matchup at three against delaware um i know sundays usually to have the skate with the players post game so um honestly though i'm more excited for the friday and saturday games you know considering we didn't have a good trip to mississippi uh this past season when we made that trip so it's definitely going to be some time to get some redemption for what kind of happened that last time yeah and it's going to be um you know great to see the new team the new colors on the ice the new jerseys be great to see matt carancy who's just uh you know he's uh, a legend here in Danbury, one of the all-time great, uh, just kind of Danbury guys, and 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 great player in this league for a long time. So it's it's going to be good to have him in town. Uh, a three and three is tough, you know. Uh, a three and three is tough. There's going to be two different opponents, two different sets of preparation for a three and three. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you know, uh, what what kind of happens uh, when when you do this type of a thing where there's only a few games left. There's a three and three against two different teams. What the outcome here is going to be exciting. I think the guys have played exciting hockey pretty much all year. Uh, whether it's Amesbury, uh, you know, uh, beating dudes up easily, or you know, Johnny, uh, you know, scoring at will, uh, having four goal games and collecting three assists other times, and uh, you know, all the guys who've who've kind of improved. Over the last year, I mean, even Johnny McDonald, he repeated again, having 30 points. Uh, so back-to-back years, he put up 30 points as a defenseman. That's great. Congratulations, Johnny uh, McDonald, J-Mac, not Johnny, actually. <laughs> uh, but it it was really great to to see that happen, you know, to see the guys put in the consistent work and it's uh, – it's it's been great watching some of the some of the new players. You know, even uh, Lucas DeBenedet has played really tough, and uh, he's he's been a consistent player uh, in the lineup uh, since he got here. So it's good to see him uh, getting out there, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for the next couple of months. Yeah, and you know we're currently on a ten game win streak, so hopefully we extend that to thirteen over the weekend. Um, make sure you guys stay tuned. Got quite a few guests coming in. Some old-time favorites, and, of course, McKittrick is coming in for the first time, so stay tuned. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Danny. This is Daniel Amesbury, your Ice Wars champion and Danbury Hattrick's tough guy. You're listening to Hattrick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI, Danbury. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Here in the studio today, we got Daniel McKittrick. Daniel, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing great. Kitcher, it's really good to have you in here, man. You're just really coming off an exciting game uh, up in Watertown, and uh, take us through. Is that your was that your first professional hat trick? Yep, that was my first hat trick. So it's I had a couple two goal games in the start of the year, but it's nice to get that third one, especially even if it's an empty netter. Yeah, uh, we we had um we had a fun pretty fun trip up to Watertown, man. Like there was uh there was everything there was bus issues there was mm-hmm. crazy uber drivers there were some uh oh you guys made the trip yeah oh nice oh there was uh b-dubs you know what i mean so it was it was just unbelievable you know what i mean like to to kind of run around all weekend but um take us through you know 
your first professional year like you know was this what you kind of expected coming to this league you played pretty high level in juniors right is that saskatchewan junior hockey league saskatchewan league yeah no ojhl2 is pretty good league mj is junior a in canada so uh i i was expecting i knew it was going to be a lot of hitting and because i heard like the stories about the old fed <laughs> and it'd be like all fighting and stuff that's kind of not my game but <laughs> no i just had a good summer of training and i know i have confidence in myself to score some goals and I win some games. What What was it that we kind of ask all the guys this, uh, like especially the Canadian guys who, who mostly come from juniors, what was it you didn't take much interest in going to school or anything well, like that to have that offer? Or? I was I was in school. I went to Lakehead University, I guess that's U Sports, for two years and then uh, COVID, two years off. And then last year, I guess they wanted to go with younger guys, so I just finished my degree and played uh, just beer league hockey and then and then I came came here in the, to Mississippi. So you you last year you were just playing beer league hockey, yeah. huh? Wow, yeah. you're having a pretty good season. Your timing's pretty good, man. Yeah. But I always I knew, I would, I always knew that I was gonna go. My plan was to go in the states to play hockey. So I just wanted to finish my degree, get that over with, and then move away to play hockey. Take us through just your your career as far as when, where did you start playing? We like Patton, uh, like we said off the air. Pat and I kind of looked up your hometown, and it does seem uh, like a real small town, kind of remote type of a place. It looks like the the, the set of a Liam Neeson movie, kind of. <laughs> but uh, kind of just take us through, like, what was growing up in a small town like that playing hockey like, man? Well, we, me and my buddies, like, <clears throat> I had an outdoor rink, too. So it was, like, after school was outdooring hockey, then scrub ice. There wasn't any league, so it was just, like, sticks in the middle. <laughs> So we just play sticks in the middle, and then after that ice, we go right back to my rink, and then all the way, and then my parents would kick us out of the rink because I have school in the morning, and then it was like a cycle, though. And it's uh, pretty much winter all year, so the outdoor rink was like good all year, pretty much only two months of summer, basically. What, was it like July and August no July good? July and August, yeah. Wow. The rink starts melting in July. And then back to, back to frozen in September, huh? Yeah. Wow. That sounds kind of cool, actually, man. Yeah. Uh, but so you you kind of moved to Thunder Bay, Ontario. How old were you? In grade six. So it was. Um, oh, I think I think it was twelve. Uh, Pee Wee, yeah, yeah Pee Wee. We moved there. My brother was really into schooling too. So the schooling in the hockey in Nunavut is not as strong as in the in the south. So I wanted to play hockey, and Thunder Bay is a really good minor hockey city. A lot of NHLers. To come from Thunder Bay, so that's it's a perfect pr- place. That's like place a for me. reasonable sized city, right? I guess uh, one hundred ten thousand, uh, something like big. that. Yeah, yeah. To and your your to be clear, your folks went too. Your whole family moved. Yeah. Wow. So my parents moved back to Nunavut right after I graduated high school. Really? So, but we we still have a house in Thunder Bay, so it's like two homes. Wow. Train there in the summer, and but I go to Nunavut probably two months of the year. Yeah. What what was it like like that transition from being from one place and moving to another? Yeah, it was it was hard at first. Obviously, like in Nunavut is way different, especially the schooling. It's like super strict and and which uh, was way harder. But I managed to get some friends through hockey, so it was pretty nice moving from th- uh, Nunavut to Thunder Bay. And something that occurred to me uh, i don't even really want to say it out loud but something that occurred to me over the weekend uh with the bus you know um you 
you were on the Humboldt Broncos, like I think it was a year before. Yeah, it was a year before, so <clears throat> it was like maybe a year and a half. It would have been my 20-year-old year, but I got traded to uh, Ontario. Wow. Well, did you know a lot of those guys? Yeah, I know pretty much all of them. Wow. Uh, wow. That, that must have been something kind of at the time to deal with, you know? Yeah. No doubt I was playing hockey in Steinbach, the Manitoba League, in the playoffs, and then that happened, so it was pretty crazy end of the year. Yeah, that's, that must have been something because uh, I remember the impact that had on me. And I remember um, the KHL plane crash because um, I was, was was a pretty young guy when that happened. I was probably like 26 or 27 or something like that. And the locomotive plane crash uh, uh, in the KHL was just devastating. Everybody, pretty pretty sure everybody yeah. um, was deceased. But um, it was odd because I was going through my own, like in the – late 20s getting back into hockey like just actually playing so I was going to all these skates and, and somehow I, got, I felt really affected by it you know what I mean so it's it's crazy that um, you know there's all these little connections even in the Fed to these mm -hmm. bigger bigger things that happen in hockey so take us through uh, we, we talked about this actually um, kind of last week on the show but what was Canadian uh, hockey and college like for you like what's the setup at, at a school like where you went we had a well in at Lakehead it's awesome um, it's like a hockey town and uh, that's like the highest level in the town so everyone goes to watch the games and it's like CIS is really it's like almost like D1 yeah compared but we had a it was hard to get in the lineup there we had like 60% CHL players like dub and OHL, so I I didn't get too much ice or game time, but it was still I still developed like uh, being on the ice with them every day. And you basically lost, I guess, a little more than two years because of the whole COVID situation. What did you do in that time? Man, it was crazy. It was like a lot of NHL and uh, Call of Duty, but <laughs> yeah, at first I actually kind of liked it because it was so busy leading up to that, and then it was like. A week off, you know, doing nothing, just gaming, like, and then uh, being on the mic with my buddies, and then after like f three months, four months, it's like, not fun. And then it was two years after that in Canada. So, and and that time you really didn't really play competitive hockey at all, huh? Yeah, nothing at all. But I had a backyard rink anyway in my backyard, <laughs> Bay. So we have a like full boards all around. Were it's you really nice? Were you working like at that time or? No, I was just going to school, just like online. It just switched to online schooling. So, uh, yeah, just online classes and then back to the game. What were you PS4. studying? Uh, I was taking Indigenous Learning. Wow. So, yeah, four years there and just graduated last year. What does that entail? Like, is that teaching or? It, yeah, you could do teaching. It's like a um, general arts thing. So you could do something else, something else after that, but... It's teaching and it's all it's like learning more about my heritage and my uh like being aboriginal native kind of like a history degree history, maybe. yeah, yeah that's interesting like that. yeah yeah and like the whole again your whole trajectory from kind of like north to south and then take a few years off how do you end up in the federal hockey league in mississippi of all places <laughs> that was actually crazy um <clears throat> i went to this native tournament in the in the spring uh, last last spring, and uh, 
my teammate actually, Chris Lavelle, he played there for a couple of games, but he recruited me. He said, you want to go for a skate in Mississippi? I was like, sure, I'll, I'll try it out. Right, right near the beach. But I was planning on playing this um, like club uh, um, club college first one year, and then hopefully I get scouted to the Fed or something. But it was like had an opportunity right there, so I decommitted from that college team or whatever. And then I just moved into Mississippi. Is it American college? It's American Sioux College. Yeah, it's like club. I'm not too sure. I wasn't. I I don't know. I was happy with going to Mississippi. Oh yeah, I mean it's a great opportunity, and I mean you 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 had a p- pretty good run. Uh, they just I don't even know what led to you coming here. No, I was pretty shocked too. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they want to go for size, and maybe they want to just fight. I don't know. <laughs> What was, what, what, like, in the last couple of years that led up to this season, like, when you knew you were going to try and go pro, were you doing any kind of working out or skills training or, you know, what what, what do you work on? Yeah. Well, in Nunavut, I uh, have, uh, it's like these Mars blades or whatever. Oh, yeah. I go in the gym, like, do a lot of just stick handling, shooting the puck with my dad. And we also have the weight room over there, so it's like, Five days a week doing that, and then uh, hunting on the weekend, and back <laughs> at it on a on Monday. So it was a really good summer, um, working out and working on my game. Was your dad much of a hockey player? Did he get into it, or he started late, but yeah. he was more of a wrestler. Really, he was a wrestler. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was like a wrestling coach in Nunavut. He'll like that movie Foxcatcher then. You might like it then. See, we're we're talking about the movie Foxcatcher off the air. Uh, See, (laughs) tie-in. That's that's cool, man. And then what, like, again, being from a small town, you go to the beach down there, what was like, was there a kind of a culture shock? Like, what was it like kind of moving to the, you know, the Gulf Coast of Mississippi? Yeah, the weather for sure was, (laughs) especially in uh, October, it was like, like plus 39 i was like sweating on my truck but a lot of water i guess it was anywhere anywhere i'm playing hockey is good dude did you drive your truck to from canada from thunder bay so it's like 24 hours only that's still pretty rough man whoa did you did you you stop we had like three or four places stopped we didn't want to i came with my parents so okay cool we split up driving that might help i was gonna say yeah that's pretty cool so so how, how driving in the states must be a whole like yeah for sure <laughs> especially oh here's not too bad but uh i i was in junior i played like right near toronto okay. so i was driving around there too so just a little little adapting but it's pretty easy where was your favorite i mean you've been to all these different places and, and you, you're you've really become one of the favorites of the danbury fans for sure like uh definitely um Definitely made an impression here, but where was your favorite place to play? Like, where'd you, e- even if it's just that you had a, a maybe nice billets or you were yeah. really at home? I'd probably have to say here in Danbury, to be honest. Really? <clears throat> yeah, like, getting a lot of ice time and hopefully keep that going. But everyone's been really nice here and everyone loves hockey here in New York, too, and Connecticut. So, did and you like the fans, too? It gets, gets pretty crazy in there, especially playoffs coming up. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. D- d- take us through, you know, the, the, the game on on Friday night just a little again because I know we talked about it at the top of the show but you know the, the I think a lot goes into playing in this league that a lot of the fans don't see you know it's um, 
there was a situation uh, happened where uh, I, I won't get into too much now. Maybe Billy will come on, but situation where you guys missed a Friday uh, morning skate, you know, mm-hmm. and you still end up with a hat trick. So that, that's pretty impressive. What, you know, in your mind, once the skate was canceled, what do you and the guys do to kind of make things happen? Um, usually we, well, we're supposed to be ready whenever it happens and maybe, maybe I need a little more rest in the morning. That's why I <laughs> skated or scored some goals, but I don't know. It was just another regular day. Just, you gotta be ready to go when the puck drops game time. Did you guys, I, I, I got caught up. Did you guys stretch and like, did you drink extra water or anything to make we up did, for it? Yeah, we did a team stretch. We, uh, just went outside or in the lobby team stretch and eat some food and then a little nap and then ready to go no that was a it was really a hell of a game uh they, they, you know the comeback there was uh mm-hmm. just unbelievable i think it just speaks to the determination of the team uh guys like johnny guys like kyle like i can still hear kyle in my ear from from friday night's game you know so it was uh it was a great thing it, i think pat uh, maybe you should take them through, you know, some of the questions that we grill guys about um, when they come on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, we always like to ask, um, you know, what's your favorite place to eat in town? Favorite place to eat? Hmm. Let me check. It's, I'd say Minas. Minas is go. pretty this good. This place is undisputed pretty much. It's right. like. We've got like Chipotle. Two... Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. we hear Chipotle sometimes. I was going to say, we get a... those are like the top two usually. We've had like two other different ones besides those but really only uh hummus and pita which is open uh xavier uh thought it might have been closed they are actually open i spoke to the owner myself to confirm this so sweet uh, they're actually not closed um okay so here's the one and it's probably going to be an interesting answer maybe maybe not who's your favorite nhl team definitely toronto maple leafs wow uh, wow from on living in ontario but my dad was a big fan growing up too, so we'd be watching Leafs on TV. In your hometown up there, is it pretty much random? It's basically just Toronto or uh, Montreal. Wow. Basically, yeah. Like everybody else doesn't matter, huh? I know, yeah. Because yeah. back then, I guess only two teams on TV, maybe. Did you ever go to NHL games as a kid, or? Uh just not when like when I grew up a bit, like maybe like nineteen, twenty, we'd go watch Minnesota. Or uh, I went to a couple of Leafs games when I was playing in OJHL. It's Coburg, Ontario. So I've been there like maybe three or four. That's pretty cool. Did, and I guess Minnesota's... It's like seven hours away from T-Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I guess that's pretty close to it. When, when you got to Danbury and you saw the fans, you saw the rank, you, you saw what it's like on a good night, what was your impression? You know, like what was your... What was going through your mind? Uh, just, uh, I was excited, obviously, seeing all that, and then uh, just trying to perform, like, every day, get better on the ice and practice and everything. And, like, you're only as good as your last game, so you got to keep going and work hard. Exactly. And then, you know, how does our atmosphere kind of compare to what it was like down in Mississippi? Uh, well, we had some good fans in Mississippi, too. They obviously, because uh, they... It was their first year back. They were East Coast team way back then, in 2000. So they had good fans, but it's uh, like it's a lot more louder in the rink here because the Mississippi rink's so big. I think. Yeah, it's like more of an echo, right? You feel yeah. it, and it feels like people are closer on top of you here. I think, right, as opposed mm. to Mississippi, which is a really big place. 
usually try to tune keep tune it out of your mind a bit you're just playing hockey i guess yeah i mean you know you 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 seem to take a pretty professional approach to playing you know and i've i've been by a few practices and like i said i've been on the bus a few times and different things like that and what i wanted to ask you is what's your kind of rituals what are your superstitions you know i don't really like to do too much of the superstition stuff it's just actually one thing probably i gotta put my right sock first wow but that's pretty much about it the right sock first yeah the right thinny sock so i don't know i just this year i started doing it (laughs) yeah same tape job but what's your tape job it's like a full sock it's like goes up the blade a bit uh-huh yeah, yeah i like the full sock uh, i like that yeah. one too <laughs> braid protection you're you're probably like me you don't want to break a stick you know what yeah. i mean what what um since since you're playing um so consistently what you know what do you do to kind of take a break from it all like it sounds like you're a gamer but what else do you like to do well, we play a lot of game, like in the hotel, like NHL. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Who's the you, king of the NHL? For sure, me. <laughs> like the first, uh, I think week, week and a half I was here, or two weeks, went undefeated. Come on. Like, maybe twenty and zero or something. Twenty and zero. Any Ooh. any competition coming from anywhere? Or? Um, <laughs> I heard Buzzy's good. Uh, she. Had, oh, that so could I'm be a show. Play him. And uh, I think Wooly's good too, but. I usually beat Falanga every single day. My wow. roommate, Mike Falanga. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get him. I know we got to get, gotta him, get him up here. I too, let him right? win a couple times just so he keeps playing. <laughs> so he doesn't get too discouraged, you know. <laughs> Has he ever quit on you, like in the middle of a game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got eight nothing games going on. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool to see. A little tournament among those who play, like in the Axtrix Lounge, so that fans can come, kind of wager. We could do a charity thing. Uh, Maybe this is something I'll bring up with a future guest uh, later on tonight uh, on the episode. That'd be cool. Um, What what other games do you like to play? Uh, I used to play Call of Duty like last year, but that's kind of game you gotta like grind it like every day. So I haven't been playing much of that. Just right now, just NHL 23. Fortnite? Here and there, like, if they're all playing Fortnite in the room, like, taking turns. But I'm not really into that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an acquired taste. Yeah. It's not for me. I mean, I don't yeah. game much anymore, but I don't know if I'd like it if I did. Yeah. Or a 2K, too, I play. 2K oh, is yeah. good. Yeah. 2K is always fun. Who do you play with in 2K? Uh, I, let's see. Usually the top guys. Probably Curry or Giannis. Oh, that's cool. But... I used to like uh, when Quar was on the Raptors, uh, the old game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Raptors, yeah. yeah. Were you a Raptors fan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a pretty sick uh, championship. That was man, and I I remember that like the first season of the Tor- Toronto Raptors very vividly, and Isaiah Thomas being involved and that crazy jersey. Uh, I love that logo. Anything with a dinosaur, I'm with. <laughs> I, I I liked it. I don't know why they picked that, but. Uh, yeah. To this day, it's it's not totally. I think they wanted to change it a few times. They've talked about changing it several yeah. times. I I think they should just leave it at this point. The yeah. Raptors, but uh, I think I think the original NBA team in Toronto was the Huskies, mm. and I, I I wonder if they would ever go back to something like that. I doubt it. But no, I I you know it's it's one of those things where 
the gaming among the guys on the team must be bragging rights and ball busting all day. Oh, duh, yeah. <laughs> but just bragging for me, I guess. <laughs> Actually, Kuzi, he beat me a couple times, but I got a. Well, I'll probably go on a win streak coming up right now. Sounds like it, man. Sounds like you got the confidence for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, with with so few games left in the regular season, um, you know, just as we wrap up here, you know, what's what's kind of been the message from Billy in practice and stuff to you guys? I usually just, it's like, uh, stay consistent. It's We're doing the thing, it's like... Uh, five minute increments in periods so it's like worry about this five minutes and that don't look too ahead don't look behind just keep going if we get scored on keep going if we score like no highs or lows or like or even uh yelling at the refs stay away from that so just i don't know play hard and play with confidence i'm glad you said that because that's something that i actually wanted to ask you about it you know you you play this game where you use your speed and you use your smaller size to your advantage most of the time. And, you know, like, how, does it get, like, do you get frustrated? I mean, you don't really show it, but do you get kind of mentally frustrated? Maybe you don't get a call here and there, and you've you've obviously been been tackled because a guy couldn't keep up with you on your skates. Yeah, I, sometimes I guess there's no calls, but there's it's usually the same for both teams. I usually don't like to blame the refs at all, so. I don't know, it's got to battle through it. Maybe they'll call on a big game and we'll score on a power play. And then, you know, what are you guys doing to prepare for this weekend? you got a three-game set at home. I mean, you're going against your former team. And then, you know, you got a Delaware Sunday afternoon matchup. Uh, we just, I don't know, had a good week of practice here. Just got to take care of the ball here, drink a lot of water, and, I don't know, come out skating. Danny, it was really great to have you on the show. It's been a pleasure to watch you all season. Uh, obviously, me and Pat, you know, we're, you know, I feel like we're as invested in it as anybody is uh, yeah. trying to be a part of the, you know, the whole the whole culture of the team, I guess. So it's, it's great to have you in here, and we really appreciate how hard you've been playing and, and uh, putting your best efforts forward this season and, and helping us. Uh, to where we are, because I think at this point in the season, it's it's really uh, it's a, getting to be a serious time here. Yeah. You know, with a three and three coming up, and the, these, um, you know, there's 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 different things on the line. So it's 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 great to have you in here because you you've been really competing hard in, in every aspect of the game. Awesome, thank you guys very much. Hey, this is Mike Marquezan, rookie forward for the Danbury Hatricks, and you're listening to Hatrick City on WXCI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Kick, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. Today, we welcome back Herm Storcher. Herm, uh, the man, the myth. How are we doing? Uh, doing great, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Love listening to the show. Um, I've heard every episode. I, I don't know. Is that the standard? Does everyone wow. listen to everyone? Where people, somebody... Um, uh, Somebody told me Saturday night that they were catching up. Yeah. So yeah. I, well, you know, I spend a lot of time in the car. I do a lot. I definitely do a lot of driving, and um, and I love I love podcasts. I love hearing the stories. And I, I tell you, like just the other day, I listened to the Amesbury one. <laughs> I haven't talked to him about it, but I just uh, a couple things he said in there really clicked and resonated, and. Uh, you know, you hear you hear things that all these guys say, and uh, 
it, it's meaningful. It's entertaining. I, I, I love what you guys do and uh, can't say enough good things about uh, this production. Well, that's heartwarming. It really is. It's true. Yeah. It's true. The fans love it. I know it. I'm a, uh, and I, I want to say right up front, I think one of the reasons that we've always had success in with hockey in Danbury, with, with the teams that I'm involved with, again, like uh, I, I think because I love hockey so much and I love the sport and I, I've always felt like we've always put on the games and the team and 365 days a year. I've always felt like it's a hockey fans team. Like if if you love hockey. If you love the game, the nuances and everything about it, come check us out because it's like, it's it's. I believe it's a fans team. It's it's not, it's not for anyone sitting in a luxury suite uh, trying to entertain clients stuff like. No, this is this is a hockey fans team. It's definitely a hockey game that you guys are selling, and not um, not kind of the hokey commercial product I think you get in some of the different forums for hockey uh you know the different leagues or whatnot you know it's it's just, if you love hockey this is a place to be joe joe trench uh like yeah. as joey always says you know this is it you know this is real hockey and uh, i i there's definitely there's definitely a truth to that herm tell us you know it's it's been a great season for the team but if if you want like you know tell us what have been the with the highs and and some of the challenges you know oh man i gotta tell you well number one no i always say that the 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 team is playing unbelievable. Uh, can't say enough good things about the guys on the team, uh, the coaching staff, uh, the the guys who have just you know been in the community promoting the team, and um, you know so on that front, just some unbelievable stories. Brian Wilson, uh, Johnny Ruiz, Mike Marcheson, uh I mean, just one after another, you know, go down the whole list. Every guy in this team, I could tell you, hey, this guy did this at this game. This guy, you know, scored in Binghamton. Another Binghamton reference there. This guy, you know, scored Gesso with the overtime goal against Carolina. Um, you know, Ruiz always bringing the fans out of the seats. Uh, just the Amesbury hits. I mean, my God. You got you, you know, you just you you go nuts with it. And, you know, you say uh, Ruiz with the four goal game, tremendous stuff. So I mean, from that, and then and then you say like, what, what's another thing? Well, I mean, Billy McCreary, all the credit in the world to him. Um, people say, you know, like a lot of people, I I, I think just don't realize what a great job he does, and and I think this year. Um, the proof is in the pudding. It, it, it is. You know what? It's. Um, I've always said I would match him up against anybody in this in this league and and beyond this league. Um, I think he just does a phenomenal job. And and this year there, were, you know, there was a lot of first year coaches, uh, a lot of guys who didn't know the league, didn't know the personnel, didn't know how it was gonna. You know, you might think, oh, this is this guy is a player who will fit because he he played at this level. He's automatically going to come into the federal league and and be a factor. No, that's it's not always the case like that. It's it's you know I think it's there's a blend of experience, young and hungry guys looking for a shot, guys on their you know you know guys who are going to be here all the time. There are hungry guys like McKittrick who who kind of had some hockey off and then came back 
to yeah. playing and has had a great season. Yeah, there's there's guys like that. I, look, I, I think when you look at some of the history of the teams that have won in this league, you know, as the league has grown, you know, the early days it was, okay, who can throw out the best 18? You're probably going to win. Um, the league has, has evolved into, um, you know, probably more of a, a young players league, a, a young and hungry. And you see some of these guys and the resumes they come in with, there are guys in this league who have better resumes, but yet they're competing on the same level. And, uh, you know, yeah, you're seeing some great stories all around. You know, we had a really special night at Danbury Arena uh, on for Saturday night's game. It was the alumni night. And, you know, having been such a part of it now, having orchestrated the hockey team, Really, over the majority of the existence, what did that night mean to you? Oh, it's it's unreal. It's um, yeah this this is my um this is my eighth year. You know, you could say eight years full seasons in Danbury with professional hockey, and um, to honor the guys who came back is tremendous. To give them that night where the fans. Uh, jump up out of their seats and applaud and cheer and, and you know and and leading up to it and telling the stories of hey this guy's going to be here here here's a guy going into the ring of honor here's what they did and then and then always topping it off with the Galantes and and you know Jimmy and AJ and giving them a chance to to walk in the building and you know really that they created and uh I I just I love it and I uh, you know the 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 thoughts I have are like all the time, we're like, hey, how can we make this better? How can we, how can we take it to the next, the next uh, thing? And you know, we did a couple little things this year. Like we had, we had an alumni game, but the guys actually didn't play. But, but the good thing we did was, we ordered extra jerseys for them. So, a lot of guys took the jerseys with them. Uh, I like that. I like that we have a second. Uh, Ring of Honor banner. You know, it's not just one banner standing there with the five names. And now it's eight names. Um, I think you know. I, I have I have people saying to me all the time, "Hey, this guy should be in. You should think about this guy." So I, I you know, like we had we had a, a good pregame party. The pregame party could have been even better. Um, you know, it, it's there's just things there's things I love about it. Mostly, what I love is for the guys to come back and to be recognized and to see the joy in their faces, the guys and girls the men and women to see the joy on their face and to see them taking pictures with each other, talking about the time they were here and just connecting it all together. And then the fans just gush over these individuals and uh, it's great, you know, to see, to see Jim Galante standing in the lobby, taking pictures for a half hour after he comes off the ice. It's unreal. They always do a great stuff. job of being ambassadors. Oh, yeah. and big time. You know, I got a text message from you uh, this morning, and it was a picture of your son and your daughter on a carousel. Yes. Uh, what you know is the, the anniversary of that carousel ride was yeah. today, or yeah, it must have uh, been yeah, today. it must have been it must have been today because uh, ten years ago today. Uh, ten, ten years ago today, yeah, the championship happened. Max and Sammy went on a, a carousel. The next, oh, the next day, right? The next day. So yeah, I, I told that the last time I was here was, hey, we had the championship game. We went to, uh, we had a locker room celebration. We went to two steps. From there, myself and probably five or six guys, you know, Phil Esposito, uh, Anthony Ramdunk, uh, 
Guy Gugalami, Steve Levitino, Milai Correa, maybe a, another one or two people. We would always finish the night off at uh, at Three Brothers Diner for like a 2 or 3 a.m. breakfast. We did that. I went home, and I knew you know my kids were staying with my parents at a hotel. I, I think that's what it was. I, I can't even remember now. Um, but it was I was picking them up in the morning, and we were going to the mall to ride the the merry-go-round, the Ferris wheel, whatever. What is that called? Carousel. The carousel. The carousel. We were going there to ride that, and uh, it was like the reality check of, hey, we we had this tremendous moment night before. Here I am two, three hours later at the mall um, (laughs) going around on this. And I was like, man, you know, like I said, that was what the role called for that day. And I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like that was, that was a, a great day and a great memory. And seeing that picture today and sending it to you, I was like, man, that was something. It was, it was really a great time because it signaled that kind of, it, it was kind of the completion of bringing Dan, hockey back to Danbury. Herm, um, it was good to see Alan Friedman. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, you know, something again, you know, we yeah. we always try just a little bit when you when yeah. you come on or somebody comes on, get people a little behind the scenes. What what were the challenges for you two guys in bringing hockey back here? Obviously, there were tons of people who wanted it, but there yeah. were obviously things that you had to work through. Well, you mean back in 2010? Yes. Yeah, I think uh the the big things I would think about like challenges, first of all, Selling hockey in this community, people give you a million chances. I really believe that. And they, all they all they wanted was to believe. They wanted to believe in something. So when we came in, we were like, "Hey, here's here's what we know we can do. We know we can put a team on the ice. We know we can. Uh, if if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. We're going to follow through. And if you have a question, you can always. You know, we're not going to hide behind anything. So. I think the things that fans questioned always was like, is the league going to survive? Is your team going to survive? Um, are you going to be the trashers? And like, you know, that was always like a leading question because you didn't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, people love the trashers, but then people would also be like, hey, uh, they, they were too violent. They were too rough and tough. So my answer would always be, hey, we have tremendous respect for all the teams that were here, the, the trashers, the Mad Hatters, the New, the New England Stars, whoever was here, they all had a piece of building what the hockey community in Danbury is and, and, and was at that time. And I said, look, in two, as the season hits in 2010, I was like, we are gonna, we are gonna give you a great effort every single night. And when you put down your ten or twelve, fifteen dollars, whatever the ticket price was at that time, you're gonna get the best effort you can give. And I, and I would always say, I'll give you your money back if you don't like it. Come and see me at the end of the night. I'll give you your money back. I never had one person ask me for a refund. We would always do that for the season ticket holders. I said at any point, if you think we are going out of business. Come see me. I'll refund it. You know, whatever's not played. You know, if, if it was the last game of the season, okay, you're due w- one game refund. But I I stood I stood behind. So I think me and Alan were just, um, I think we were just open and honest. And like I said, guys, the, the people, I believe, loved our team because we loved hockey just as much as they did, or they do. And uh, they knew you were getting an honest effort every single night, and it translated. Something I wanted to ask you about is you talk about that instability or the question of stability that people had. I mean, there were 
there were really tough times. I mean, I remember I was telling Billy and, and Steve Brown, I went to see uh, the New Jersey Outlaws play in a 400-seat rink against Cape Cod, who showed up in their practice jerseys, yeah. and the jer- jerseys were all soaking wet. And I said to myself, how could this how could this keep going? And it and it's it's kept going for years, and things have gotten better. You guys here in Danbury with the Whalers, I mean, you had your games against the Delaware Federals. You had your games against the the New York Blue Fins or whoever yeah. it was, these these composite uh, road teams. Tell me, what is it about the league, the product, that, that's kind of made the league grow in the last really five or six years, I, really start to grow? Yeah, I think um, one one thing I would always say is very rarely, and I don't even know, if, I don't know if we ever had an original mistake. Everything that's ever happened in the Federal Hockey League that some fans said, hey, this went bad. Well, I can point to something in the history of sports where it did go bad. Lou Whitaker at the uh, Major League All-Star game didn't bring his jersey, so they had to buy a souvenir jersey, and they, they penciled in you know, with a magic marker the number one. I mean, we've seen numerous teams on the Major League level forget their jerseys. Um the the, uh, the the Montreal Expos had Olympic Stadium falling apart, had to play for a month on the road. Uh, teams have had buses break down, all you know, planes, uh, uh, travel plans canceled. So anything that has happened in the Federal Hockey League has happened somewhere else. Uh, here, oh, here, this is my favorite example. What if I told you in the championship game? We're going to be playing it, and all of a sudden the lights are going to go off for about an hour, and we're going to have to halt the championship game for about an hour. What would you say? <laughs> it would suck. You'd, you'd say that suck. Well, I would tell you that happened in the Baltimore Ravens-San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl in the, in the Superdome in Louisiana. The lights went out maybe a half hour. But if you go back and look, I that can't remember that. Yeah, yeah. that game remember that, that game was on hold. Yep. Um, that that really did happen. And uh, if that happened in the federal league, I can't even imagine. What would so your your question was like, how do we keep it going? You know, guys like well, not really how it kept going, but how, how did this league evolve from community ranks into some of these bigger places? Yeah, I I would say well, so I you know it, it is strange or not strange, but like it's. It's awesome to look at when you see, you know, Danbury used to be the biggest arena right. in the building. Like, that's where we were. And then you get, you know, we started having, like, neutral site games in different locations. I think Port Huron might have been the first, and Winston-Salem was the second. And we started packing these buildings, and really Barry Soskin has got to get a ton of credit because he had he had the vision, he had the resources, and he's like, hey, if I can... If I can get this lease done, if I can if I can show this community what it can be, they're gonna they're gonna give me that opportunity to do it on a full season. So Port Huron, um, Danville, Dan, Danville. Well, I don't think we ever did a neutral site game in Danville because Danville was this. Danville came into the league in the second, second year, season, yeah. so, but but that was a, a good size arena. You know, two thousand twenty five hundred seats, whatever that number is. So it really started to grow, and then. Um, you know, Elmira came in. Um, Columbus, Columbus came, or uh, Columbus was in Carolina. Th- Carolina. You know, the, the Watertown is pretty much one of the last originals. I mean, even though they weren't an original, they were there. They're probably them. Well, they have their roots with the Thousand they, Islands Thousand privateers. privateers. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then to go back to how many of these podcasts I listened to when Tyler Noseworthy was on talking about the championship season, the Thousand Island Privateer. He said, I can't remember who we beat in the semifinals. It was the Thousand Island Privateers. That was the that was the game. We played them. I think we they were played a good them. team. They were. They had they had some real talent. Um but uh you know, so yeah, the league the league just evolved and I think what was what was happening was a lot of teams that were in the East Coast League or the American League or whatever league they were in, they were just seeing, hey, you know, our teams are going out of business. The teams are leaving town. They can't make it work on this level of budget. And the Federal League budget, really, it it's conducive to selling a $10, $15 ticket. It works. And you can put together a team, and if you work hard, you know you can you can be successful, and you can you can last. And I think we just started duplicating that formula in all these different markets. And what I would always say is the teams that have, or the cities that have these federal teams, they love them. They're beyond passionate. Like the stuff you read online. I know social media is so different than where it was ten or fifteen years ago, or. or if you want to say in 2010 when the when the um, federal league launched, but the the stuff you see going back and forth, you can't even tell who the most passionate fan base is. You could say it's Binghamton, you could say it's Carolina, Columbus, Mississippi. I must read 15 posts from these people every day about how they love their team and they'll do anything and <sighs> you know they want to make this team work and uh, it's crazy. And, and then the fans in Danbury. Um, they're just they're just off the charts, you, you know. So you asked me about the highs and the the highs and the the good stuff about the league. I mentioned the players, I mentioned the coaches. I had to say the the two I definitely wanted to recognize, or maybe there's even more, but the the fans, the fans of Danbury are absolutely the greatest fans in the world. I I've seen a lot of these minor league city fans and these passionate fan bases. This is one of the best. This this might be the best. It's it's unbelievable. Um, just the passion, the 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 care, the um, the commitment, the dedication. We have fans who've never missed a game. We have fans who travel all over the place. Um, they never complain. They they know we do our best. They support the team, win, lose, or draw, and um, they they come to the building, and I think they treat they treat it with respect. I mean, they don't, you know, one it's crazy. Like you see a lot of these fans going into other buildings. Oh, these fans are pigs or idiots. They treat us nasty. You know what? I think when you're a when you're a fan of a visiting team and you come in, into our building, I think you're treated like a like a king or a queen. Like I think our fans really. They like seeing they it. Love it. They, they love, like they seeing love it. it. Yeah. They they love showing you what it's about. And uh I love that. It is said that when you go on the road there's animosity in a couple of different places, you yeah. know, that, that, that was really um kind of just uncalled for. Yeah. That, I mean? Look, that happens. It's I get it. It's all it's all good. But you know what? Our fan ton of credit to our fans. Our 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 fans just support our team and the operation and they get behind it. They get behind us every day. Speaking of support, I guess it's a good opportunity for us to bring it up now. You know, um, we got a few calls 
Yeah. Uh, on on Hatrick City, a couple yeah. of people wanted to. You tell this a call in show now? Well, yeah. Sometimes we take messages and oh, you take yeah. me- okay, yeah. so okay. We get calls and texts and all types of stuff. But um, this season, you guys did change up the way you offer out deals yeah. into the community. It got a little confusing. I, I wanted to invite you on in part yeah. so that you could maybe run through how people can interact with the deals that you guys have lined up all over town. Listen, it's a good thing. Um, if, if you're a Hattricks fan and you haven't downloaded the FanSaves app, it doesn't really make sense uh, because it's it's one of the best ways to support the team, to show the local businesses we're driving, we're, we're supporting them. Well, as, as Jim Diamond, who is the CEO of the organization and one of the greatest guys I, I've I've ever known in this uh, in this business, and Jim will always say he wants a win-win every time. That's his key phrase. Well, let me tell you, the Fan Saves app is a win-win-win. It's a triple win. It's a trifecta. It's it really a is a great. I got to be honest. It really is a great thing. It is. So um, I'll walk you through what we did and how we got to it. First of all, it was really created by a guy who played in the Federal Hockey League. He's been on the Chris show. McCarthy, we That's had him true. On. Yeah, Chris McCarthy, fantastic guy. Uh, two-time Federal League champion, one time with uh, Aquasasne Warriors, another time with the Watertown Wolves. And, uh, and he was going to college the whole time. He's a pretty bright guy. Great, great yeah, guy. Good great dude. guy. Not good looking if he's listening now. Not good that, looking. That, you know. Right. But he's, Face uh, for radio. Yeah, he's got a Definitely, definitely. And, well, look, he was he was the him and his uh, his partner in this, uh, Shannon, they created this, this application, which is unreal. And the idea is... You know, when we get fans always come to the games and they see, hey, you just did this promotion for TKs. You just did this promotion for uh, Peachtree of a Bethel, Texas Roadhouse, JJ Stacks, uh, whoever, whatever you're doing. Uh, how do I get all these great offers? Well, what we used to do was we would take like a business card type of index card, uh, an, really. indi- an index card piece of paper. And we would hand them out, and I have to tell you, it was very successful. Uh, Holiday Diner, another one with a free milkshake. You can't beat that. No, it's an unbelievable the, deal. Let me yeah. tell you, the milkshakes the guy makes no, unbelievable. is unbelievable. He, unbelievable. Sh- he should be franchised. And the free wings at TK's. That's like an unbelievable The free offer. wings at TK's. You know, you're going for a beer, and you could literally have five it's, free it's, wings. It's, it's, it's a great deal. So we spent, you know. And again, this isn't, I just want to be clear that this is in no way a uh, compensated advertisement for fans. It? It's not. We're, we're just letting no. people know no. that this is the process right. that's being used at the rink. Very this true. Is, this is informative and yeah, educational, it, it, right? We're 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 we're. Uh, we want we want to make sure the fans know how to take advantage of all the all of these offers. So as I was saying, what we used to do was we would hand out the index card size ads or little cards and they would say hey this is good for five free wings this is good for a free milkshake here's the location here's the website here's how you redeem this and it was it was very easy some of the challenges that we had were well if you're handing out 10 different offers you you probably need five or six different staff members to hand them out you need to get them in everyone's hands you need about 10 different cards you need a lot, yeah. So you're Printed doing, a thousand you're doing printing, and then do you run out of them at the same time? Do you, you know what what is going on with how you're distributing them? And I would always, I would always say, hey, if you have two thousand people in the stands, uh, realistically, legitimately, we can probably hand out about five hundred items at the max. You know, it's it's just it's just hard. It's it, it's not rocket science, but it's it's hard to execute. Some people walk out another door. 
Some people don't want anything. No, and there's and there's the you know right. over thirty home games could be. Yeah, it's a lot. So so we said okay, hey, let's let's start to explore this. And Chris was really, he was growing the business. He'd been involved with so many different big arenas. And look, maybe this translates to a big arena better than it does the Danbury Ice Arena, which seats two thousand people with five hundred standing room. So we said, let's give this a shot. So everything, in theory, on paper, we said, hey, by going to this app, FanSaves, it will now be something that the fans can download. They, we don't have to hand them cards. It's always there. It's always there. We don't have to worry about handing them five different cards, ten different cards. It's all very manageable. And then they're always going to have it on their phone. They're never going to lose it. And you can right. just check in. So what we have found is probably hasn't worked as you know as good as we thought it was going to um there's definitely been a lot of redemptions but if you said to me did we do better with the the fixed index cards that we were handing out versus the fan saves probably better with the cards so we've we have been edu- but not all is lost with this it's really just no. about educating yeah. the, the listeners and the fans out there Th- this is the future i'm looking at the app right now yeah so it's as simple run as them you, down yeah it's as simple as you go into the app and what happens is you you basically subscribe to the danbury hattricks as a page yeah and that page right the second includes a free milkshake with purchase at holiday diner free wings at tk's complimentary appetizer at Texas Roadhouse, you get free yogurt. The, the yogurt deal at Peach Wave is with added, toppings, with toppings, out of with this world. With great service, out of this world, out of this world. Like, look, if you can, I mean, you can use them every day. You can go in as much as you want. That's I mean, not tw- not twice so, a day. So we just, bit. you know, I I think for for not only, but I think uh, the thing about this is that if you're a Hatricks fan, you have to understand if you're going to these places already, you're crazy not to use the app. Oh yeah, and then on top of it. It's really a great way to work. Listen, it's really a great way to help the team because at the end of the day, these business owners see that it's coming from Hattrick's oh, fans. Yeah. It's 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 they, it's they it's literally a way to do your part. Well, one of the things that we always would say to our fans and the sponsors is, look, you you want to be on this, you want to have this chance. Um, when you purchase a fifteen dollar ticket, you know we talk about the value added. First, first off, you're coming in the game. You're gonna have a great time. You're gonna enjoy themselves. Enjoy yourself. Then you leave the game. You've got TK's wings. Let's call that eight dollars. Yeah. Maybe it's seven. All right. Let's call it seven. You got a milkshake. Seven. You know, five, six, seven dollars. Texas Roadhouse appetizer. Another one. A stack of pancakes at JJ Stacks. You did it all on the bias, but all of those things are a little more money, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's let's say I'm even, you know, going lower. We've got five offers. JJ Stacks, free pancakes. Who doesn't love free pancakes? You like strawberries or chocolate chips on your pancakes? What do you like? I, ooh, I'm a big chocolate chip guy. A big time. I ordered, I ordered chocolate chip pancakes the other day. Hey, look, you buy a $15 ticket, you're leaving with this app, and you're leaving with about $30 to $40 in real value. And I'm not, I'm not calling it, oh, I got to buy... Um, uh, a Maserati, and they're going to give me five hundred dollars off. Or I got to get uh, new new shingles on my house. And these are good a, every right. Um, no. the, I don't know yeah. how. I don't. I honestly don't know how all of them work. I know TK's that deals good every day. Every yeah. you these could are, go. These are, you can go in as every mu- single day. Can, he doesn't care. Yeah, every you day. can go in as much as you want. I mean, again, I'm not going to say they're going to honor it 
three times a day. No, Brett, it's Brett, once a day. Right. Every day. Once okay. once a day. And look, some of these are the only stipulations I believe they have are uh, dine-in only. So you can't walk right, up right. to TK's bar and say, give me five wings to go. Here's but you my can app. walk away at Peach Wave. It's not, yeah, you know, it's, it's totally. Peach, yeah, yeah, walk yeah. in at Peach. They, look, they just want to show you the product. And I got to tell you, you know what's crazy? Like all, the, all of these sponsors, these are, these are incredible people. These are absolutely incredible people no, who people. say we want to support the Hattricks. And I, I, I always say it when we're out there, without these sponsors getting behind, Impossible. there's no, there's no Hattricks. There's no, there's nothing. And you know, so Tom Kennedy at TK's, George at the Holiday Diner, Patricia at the Peach Wave, Joe at, um, Joe at JJ Stacks, Lauren at Texas Roadhouse. These these are real people, and they they're the ones who said, "Yeah, this is a green light. Let's do it." And it's all there for the fans. I I love it. I uh, no, I, listen. I that's it's it. one of the reasons we, we you know uh, Pat and I are friendly with George, and and we're friendly with TK, and we just wanted to make sure the fans know that all those deals are there. I think people thought yeah. that the deals are not there, or there's oh, they're all there. I'm in they're pain. You all, just tell I, me I'm in pain. Well, you know what, dude? I love the milkshakes and I yeah. love the wings, so I I want people to get them for free too when they when yeah. they qualify. You know, and yeah. it's, it's a great thing. Listen, Herm. We're gonna ask you straight though while you're here. We just we just put the light right on Herm's head. Oh, well, though. oh, oh, oh you, that was you know, a figure. Some screen. of the some of the fans. Yeah. I think I think one of the things. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, could ask me anything. Well, we were, there's this, a, we a, there's up a to group song? of fans that always want you to fix stuff. Oh yeah, I uh, love it. Uh, we always, well, I, I you know that's the other thing. I fix s- the screen, huh? I always I said in 2010, I said in 2010, and I've said it. Every day that I've been in that arena, hold us to the highest standards in everything we do. I I don't want anything less. Hold us to the highest standards. So well, what do we got to fix? The only, well, not no no not really fix. Uh, Improve. We'll, we'll take. We'll you know what we'll do. We'll collect things that people want him yeah. to fix, and we'll have well, we them do, on we, the show again. We do. We'll go through it. Well, our survey is about to go out, awesome. and and look, we took. We actually had questions on the survey that some fans last year said, "Hey, I, I don't want to answer that." I'm not filling out this survey. So we actually have made a couple edits on that. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the one question that fans didn't like. We were trying to build some demographics of uh, name, not name. Uh, no, it was the name on there. Actually, no, it was a, it was an anonymous survey. It was an anonymous survey. We would say, what's your town? Do you own a house? Do you rent a house? Income level. And some people didn't like those questions. And I understand that. Um, in no way was that like a personal digging. Hey, we're trying. No, to no, no. It was like we. The reason we would use something like that is we want to find out. Hey, if we're going to a car dealer, can we tell them? Hey, our fans make. Like, if we walk into. If you wanted to go to yeah. Windows by Anderson and say, hey, you know, we we found that seventy percent of our fans are homeowners. Yeah, and, and they make that decision. Exactly. Right. It's 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 all marketing, folks. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a marketing mechanism that supports the hockey team. Right. Uh, we, we we were just trying to build some demographics. So anyway, we we get a lot of great feedback from the fans all the time. But our survey will be coming out. We're working on some questions. And uh that's a great time to share. But go ahead. What's what's one well, of the, no, the question I, I wanted to ask yeah. you is, you know, just in terms of Obviously, it's always an evolving thing, and I tell people yeah. one of the great things. Um, what's really most impressive, and I, I'm not trying to get too far away, but it's like, you know, we had that 1920 season, uh, 
2019, 2020 season, we didn't get the full season in. Right. We took a whole season off. Yeah. Last season was really the first full season yes. of Danbury hockey in how many years? That made four or five years, really, full season. Yeah, and even that one, I think there was still a lot of COVID, of you know, like of apprehension. I think this. I think the gloves are off now. But I think. Not, it's, not, and I think that the the most nights the attendance showed that this season that that, that people are back we, out. We there. Ha, we have had an absolutely unbelievable season, and I would chalk that up to a couple of things. Biggest reason is probably there's uh, ten teams in the league, so everybody can play every Friday and Saturday night. You know, you never have a night off on on the weekends. So we've eliminated the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday games. We actually do have a Sunday game this this week. I mean, uh, you know, well, we only had a couple three and three this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the schedule was unbelievably favorable and positive. I think we went from. 19 Friday and Saturday games two years ago to uh, 26. Wow. I th- yeah, we had one Tuesday game. And again, you, you have to work with everybody to make a fair schedule, and there has to be some balance. We're in a position where, hey, we're the prime tenant, so we're going to make our schedule to fit what we want. So we're, they're like, hey, submit the dates you can play in your building. Well, we submit every single Friday and Saturday. Not every team can do that because they don't own their building. So we have a tremendous advantage. That being said, we took a Tuesday night, which was during the holiday break and Christmas, and we had an unbelievable crowd. I think we were like 12, 1,300, somewhere around there. Then we have a Sunday game coming up this weekend. Just kind of fit. you know. And it's, the, it's actually, it could be the earliest game in the history of Danbury Ice Arena for a pro game. It's three o'clock. We've in in the eight years I've been there, we've never done uh, one of those mid morning school day educational games. I know they do it in other cities and it's successful. We've never done it really because we don't want to make Joe Trench start drinking beer right, at ten a.m. Right, right. You know, we're like, yeah. right. So we're like, all right, let's. You know, it's it's a good thing in other markets where you want to sell a lot of tickets. He's happy to do it, Joe. He's happy right, to drink yeah, look, we, Right. You know, but we we just said, let's just let's just not mess with it. Let's keep our schedule. Well, something I wanted to ask you then, it's, it's, is there anything in terms of fan experience that you yourself, whether it's been a long-term thing or it's something that you're kind of boiling down to, something you're committed to improving or, or taking a look at? Well, as, as far as, like, selling the tickets and... Well, anything. Just, we just, just experience, you I, know, at the arena. Uh, well, uh, all the credit in the world to the Diamonds, to Bo Trumbull. Uh, you know, when I say the Diamonds, Bill and Jim Diamond for giving us the resources to make a wish list on how to make this like a top-level venue. And, you know, when when you look at what this building looked like when the Trashers were here or when the Whalers were here, it, it almost it looks very different. And I think, you know, you added in – I remember when we added in the rabbit hole and we're like, oh, you know, oh wow, this is unbelievable. We got a we got a bar downstairs. This is crazy. Then we had it in, you know, Bo Trumbull, the guy built this axe lounge out of like square parts. Wood, unbelievable. Scrap, yeah, bubble yeah. gum and hockey, broken hockey sticks. Bo deserves a lot of credit. Bo, tremendous amount of credit to Bo, and uh, he he built it. And this this axe tricks lounge is unbelievable. No, it's great. It's it's unreal. The fans go in there and last after the, the alumni game was unbelievable. That place was jumping. And now we took it another step with TK's Corner. 
TK's Corner might be the best place to watch a game. It may be the best place, but we really, you know, we really need some wings up there next season. It's got, we, it's got to be worked well, on. We, we have been talking with TK about it. Um, I think we just got to figure out a couple little logistical things. Uh, maybe for the playoffs this year, we could work something out. Ooh. You know, yeah, we, you know, that's yeah. Hmm, look, one of the things, yeah, one of the things that we've, <laughs> you know, we have, like I say. We are hockey fans, okay? So when you go to the Garden these days or you go to the Prudential Center or the Rock or wherever you're going, the fan experience is just off the charts, and it starts with a lot of the hospitality. So we've looked at, hey, what are, what are these places doing? And, you know, there's a lot of pregame destinations like uh, a high-end meal, you know, and, and like we go, hey, what if we what if we did a Again, this isn't what we're doing. I'm saying these are some thoughts, but I was, what if we had like a $20 all-you-can-eat buffet in the Axe Lounge before the game? What if there was some exclusive area that we, you know, could upsell? Look, a hockey ticket is 15 and $11 to, to walk in the building. I I think our fans are, you know, there's no there's no real price objection. I think we, we price it so it's very affordable. We do a lot of promotions that get people in. At an even better rate, and it, look, if you're a season ticket holder, you're spending like nine dollars and change per game, so that's even a great deal. What we're looking at is if we did something really on like a higher level, would the fans be interested in that? And and when I say that, I mean like, yeah, this pregame buffet. If there was like a party spot before the game where there was a podcast where you guys were set up on that stage and you were talking and fans could sit and eat and listen, that could be a pretty cool alternative. I mean, the bands downstairs, I think, are awesome. Yeah, they do great. You know, yeah. the bands are really good. Good rotation, too. Yeah, it, it's, you know what, there's so many good things. And, you know, just to show you how, like, it flows and how these things happen, we had a couple nights where we sold... We had so much demand for the luxury suites. It's crazy. People want to be in the luxury suites. Well, we've always held one that we've used for players, sponsors, the ownership group, VIPs, the mayor, whoever's coming in. But there was a couple of nights where we were oversold. So we said, all right, hey, Jim, Bill, why don't you guys, you know, we're jammed up tonight. Can you, I'm going to sell this. Why don't you guys head over to TK's corner and watch the game from there? And they did. And they're like, Oh my God! They're like, this is unbelievable. This is a great spot. Their words, I think Jim's words were, "This is my new favorite place to watch the game from." And that's it's one of my favorites. I love it of all time. I it really think it, is. I think it's an unbelievable view. It it sounds. I this is probably going to sound a little weird. I've been watching uh, hockey in that building just about as long as you have, Herm. Maybe uh, longer. Well, you were a Westcon student, uh, yes, right? Yes. Well, no, we we didn't cross over, but um, uh. It almost felt like I was going to a new place when I stood over there. Like, wait, wait, like yeah. it almost felt like I was in a new place altogether. Yeah. I was like, this is not the angle that I usually yeah. definitely not watch the professional level games. Like, before we let you go. That's it? Oh, we're going to chill for a little <laughs> oh, while. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But before I let you go. I love, I love it, man. I, I do, love I do want to ask you something show. because. Um, Anything. You know, my, my I bring this up sometimes when we're talking to other fans and operationally. um like the operations of the team is something that I'm interested in. You know, look, the, the league has grown. They added Binghamton last year. Elmira came back this year. Watertown's still been Watertown. Uh, there's there's an allegation that there's something going on with Delaware right now in terms of possibly relocating. It's something that's been up in the air. 
But what I want to ask you is, um, I, you know, how important is it that if the league grows that it, it may not be important, but how important is it if the league grows that it grows within three hours of Dan Barry? Um, like, is that something you guys hope for? Do you guys want to uh, see somebody I, in a... You know, I'd say, look, there's a great building in Brooklyn at uh, Floyd Bennett Field, the Aviator Complex. We had a great rivalry with them for two years. Uh, probably, the, probably, you know... One of the biggest crowds, if not the biggest crowd in the history of, de- definitely in my tenure. The finals, right? No, no, no. That was in the first round. That was the Alec Kirshner game. The Alec Kirshner oh, yes. penalty shot with 16.2 seconds left. And I always say that goal was worth like, you know, I, I couldn't really put a price on it. I would, I'll just throw a number. I always say that was like a $25,000 goal because he scored that goal. And the place went nuts. And I think everybody who was there left that building. And when they got to work on Monday, they they were like, you wouldn't believe what these guys are doing. Well, but I mean, listen, the, 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 there's no quite Aviator would have been great. Yeah. Uh, just on you know, yeah. inside insider knowledge is that the place is... The oh, main the main rink has been really beat really, up. Really, well, look, New Jersey. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, New like, Jersey, Rhode Island, exactly. Like Massachusetts, it would be fantastic. How often do those places ever pop up in conversation? Anything ever serious no, in the New England Northeast? Not really, not, huh? Not tremendously. You know, look, I'm not I Manchester, can't, New Hampshire. Never. I can't really claim to be that involved with it. Like yeah. I, I, you know, when I was when I was. Uh, Younger, let's say 13 years ago. I mean, I was still, right. you know, I, I could do whatever. I'll, I always felt like, hey, I, I want to have two teams. Like, I want to be a guy who manages two teams. That dream I have put away. <laughs> I have zero interest in that. Like, to me, this is one team, one market. I want to focus on this and do my best. Um, Were you ever responsible, like, for anything when Berkshire was a team and stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, with Berkshire, yeah. I mean, like... I'd say, well, that was 2015, and I think, you know, looking back at it, like if you could go back and say, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Like, if, I would say I foolishly did something for the good of the league. Right. And because we were only two hours away, and there was a lot of things that helped make it make sense. Like, uh, if if Berkshire was in the league, it really helped Danbury because – it was a shorter travel trip, uh, no overnights. They came to us. We knew, you know, look, if your bus breaks down and you're two hours away, you could still, you know, you could right. still get here. Um, there were a lot of good things. So myself, Alan, Jed Wilson, um, I can't, probably Trish, I can't even remember now what we were doing. But there was a lot of like, hey, let's, we're going to work in Danbury but we're also going to take on a lot of responsibility up there in, in the Berkshires to try to help them get settled. And, um, I, geez, I can't even remember all the details now, but I don't even, I think they, I think it was a league run team, right? It was a league run team. So they didn't have an owner at the time. And it was just like, Hey, let's, let's just do the very basic things. And you know what? Look, I think we did show that a market like that could work. There were people who were interested in it. Um, it's right by the Pittsfield uh, baseball stadium, so the Pittsfield Mets. I don't even know, I don't know what team is playing there now. I think they're a collegiate summer league team. Yeah. 
Uh, but it, it it was good. So yeah, I was involved with that. But you know what? Looking back, it ultimately weakened the Danbury Foundation because uh, if if I'm in Berkshire, if I'm making a phone call on behalf of Berkshire and I'm taking an hour out of my day or I'm driving two hours, that's work I'm not doing for the Danbury Whalers or or whatever you know whatever was going on. So ultimately, you know, it it came at that those efforts for the league came at the expense of the Danbury Whalers, which was unfortunate. I wish I didn't do that at the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, if I could go. Because, you know, there were so many more things. Like, if... There was more to do here. Yeah, there was more to do. Like, just like today, I was... Like, I I remember I would, I would say, hey, we're going to launch this team, and I probably said this on the last time I was here, when we launched the Whalers... I'd say there was a list of a thousand things we had to do. And five years later, out of that list of a thousand things, we probably were only at like number 37 or 38. <laughs> there was still like 950 plus things we had to do. Same thing today, even in, even with the hat tricks. We're definitely further along. There's a ton of experience, things I've learned, things, hey, you want to do this, you don't want to do that. Um, but you're always, you're always learning, you're always doing it. Um, you know, today we were at a school. Today we were, we were at the King Street School. We did four assemblies. We had John McDonald, Jared Yao, Zach Pemelan, and Tobias Ojik. Like, we spent three hours there putting on a great show. Maybe, yeah, uh, we were there at 8.45. We left at 10.40. So two hours. We went there. We put on a great show. Like, that stuff, we got, we got the community revved up about the hat tricks. We're going to do a fundraiser with their school. Like, anything that takes you away from doing those type of things... That's that's you're costing yourself opportunity. Like every day, we want to grind it out. We want to call people and talk to them about the hat tricks and what we're doing and how we can work together, or how we can show you a good time. And and I I, I believe it. I I I I don't think there's anything better than waking up and talking to a fan about the hat tricks and showing them a good time at the arena. Nothing better. No, and it's uh, you've you've. We definitely had a good season this year, man. It's been a, it's been a nutty ride, and uh, we've, uh, we're really. I I think the crowds have been great just the last couple of weeks and and the last couple of we, we have nailed it. We have really nailed it, and all the credit to the guys uh, on the team, the guys on our staff, um, the coaches, giving us the freedom and flexibility to use these guys to go out and do things and. Uh, yeah, and you know the the one the one. So I mentioned the team, I mentioned the coaches, I mentioned the fans. I want to mention the sponsors. This I briefly mentioned them before. The sponsors of our team are unreal, great people. They believe in us. They said, "Yeah, we we want to back you. We want to support you. We want to get behind you. We're with you." Guys like Fairfield County Bank, Oak Ridge uh, Waste Management. Um, you know, Decker Tool Rental, all these guys, uh, you know, a host of others, uh, they believe in us. And it's guys like that, people like that, you know, you can't you can't say enough good things about them. And uh, I, I I tell you, there, it's, it's amazing how many things go into putting on um, a hockey season and how many things you need to fall in place. And... Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful for this community that uh, they love they love what we do, and I 
and I know, I know every day we we give him a hundred ten percent. I know we do. Herm Sorcher, uh, managing <laughs> partner, right of the Danbury Hatricks. Uh, I mean, look, no, what, the, what, no. what's no, actually your? My t- well, I mean, I'm an ownership partner. Ownership partner, and I'm the president of the organization. But I'm said this last time. I'm part of. I'm part of the team. I'm right. part of the. You know. Well, on radio, we just tell people who's here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm the here, president of the team. That's here the on ninety-one point seven. I want to just. As we exit here, the we're left. Gonna, this is it. I yeah. could, I could. You know, I could. We're gonna have Herm's corner could, once a month now. That's it. Any is this? Does this end at the end of the hockey season, or or do you guys go right into the Danbury Westerners? No, we don't do it. You don't no. do the Westerners. No, no. no, no. When you when okay. we get when we form the ownership group to build the thirty five hundred seat baseball stadium here, we'll we'll do a show about them too. I love. I love the like, Danbury Hats. I, hats. I, I, lo- I love. I like it. the Mets script. Be dope. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, well, that's kind of biting off the New Jersey Devils jersey. That's good. You know, that, I got what you're saying. Um, on the exit here, no, I want to on ask you exit, one thing. Uh, I get it. This as, is as we exit here, um, I want to sing your praises one more time. There, again, there are these, there are these opportunities. There are ways for people to that are. Just correct me if I'm wrong quickly, but if there are ways for people that are interested in the hat tricks that are members of organizations to bring the whole organization out, right? Yeah, we do a ton of programs. Like, uh, isn't it? Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, great question. So we do a lot of things with you, specifically youth sports, schools, seniors, or you know, we haven't done, we haven't done a lot of seniors. And here here's the reality of it: um, they're in bed. <laughs> they're in bed at those times. So we've we've definitely called. Like you'd think, oh yeah, hey, let me call this this a three this, o'clock game. Right, make it right, yeah. exactly. Let me call this home. And talk to their program director about doing something. And they're like, oh, yeah, come down. We'd love to do something. I was like, yeah, well, we usually tie up a player. We wrap up a player appearance with, hey, this is a game you're going to come purchase. You know, you're going to purchase tickets and you'll come to. And like, okay, what time's the game? Well, puck drops at 730. Oh, our our, our membership is asleep by then. <laughs> we're, we're in bed. So we don't do a lot of things with seniors, but we do a lot of things with kids. We go read to them. We do hockey clinics, hockey camps, uh, assemblies about never giving up, being a good teammate, being a good friend on the playground. Be, you know, just you know, we 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 go to schools and tell the kids, hey, this, this a lot of encouragement. Yeah, like hey, we we say like today we had uh, Zach Pamelan, and the story was, hey, he was. A youngster, he was a he was a ten year old just like you are, and he was in Hawaii. And hockey players don't come from Hawaii, and everyone said, "You can't do it, Zach. You know it's not gonna, it's not gonna work." And he said, "No, I'm not. I'm not gonna take that as, as an answer." So, you know, a lot of telling of those stories. And so, look, sometimes we just do good theater, and and make it entertaining, but it resonates. And so, to your question is, um, always reach out. Check our website. There's a lot of community programs. If you're a youngster, you can you can get into a hat game, no problem, at no charge. We want to show you what the game is and and teach you that. And, and you know that like that's to me that's one of my biggest visions of how do they go about doing that? Well, like let's say um, there's a community section on our website, and there's a ton of different promotions. Whether it's um, 
you know, this week you can, you know, you can rent, um, have your team stand with, whether you're a baseball, football, soccer team, hockey team, you can stand with the hat tricks for the national anthem. Awesome. So that's a, that's a great, easy way to get a ticket to the game, to be on the ice, be part of a promotion, uh, be on YouTube at a young age, and, and uh, it's free. It's free. Yeah. It is totally free. So, I mean, that's, that's an easy one. Um, we go to schools. We do, you know, if we go to your school, we give you a free ticket. And again, it's, 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 it's like our business isn't giving away free tickets. That's not our, our business is, hey, we, we show you a way to come in. And exposing the youth exactly. to this kind of healthy competition. Ex- and, exactly. Yeah. And we show you what it's about. And then, you know, we, Community. we build all these other things that, you know, we have a free kids club. We give the kids club. You can sign up for the kids club. No charge. You sign up for the kids club. You get one free ticket a month to a game. And, and then we what we do is we just try to show you, hey, this is what it can be. And, you know, ultimately you're like. I love these guys. You're you're a youngster. Look, if I was if I was a youngster in Freehold, New Jersey, and there was a minor league hockey team or baseball team, and I could have just said to my mom or dad, "Hey, I can go to this game for free. Will you take me?" I would have lived there. I mean, we we went to the New Jersey Nets games, you know, at the Rack, then at the Meadowlands. We, you know. Uh, I mean, my my. Where did they play Rutgers? For they it? played at Rutgers yeah. when they moved to Jersey. Yeah, for a year or something. So, uh, no, they were there for like three or four years when really? they were building uh, Meadowlands. They were building the Meadowlands, and that was, those were great days. I got, I got so many autographs, uh, so many great stories. Maurice Lucas, Edgar Jones, Don Ford, lots of got to meet. Did Doctor J go to Philly by then? He was in Philly. That was that always broke my heart. Like, yeah, my, that was terrible. My one cousin would be like, again, we were just learning the game. And he'd be like, "Yeah, Doctor J was—he's our—he's my favorite player. He, my cousin lives in Philadelphia." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I love Doctor J." And they're like, "Wait a minute, I found, he's on—he was on the Nets. We had this guy." I was like, "How did—how did this happen? How did we let him go?" I was like, "I, I was like, so I, as a youngster, I don't know if I could ever understand a worse trade." You know, I'm sure Mets fans will say, "Well, and I am a Mets fan, but hey, how do we give away Nolan Ryan? How do we trade Tom Seaver?" To me, hey, Doctor J, man, how the Nets let this guy go? Incredible. He was that from was, Long Island too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Roosevelt High School. What, what college did he go to? Let me really test you. UMass. You're good. Come on, bro. You're good. How his rookie card? How many years did he stay? He only stayed, they stayed two years. Two. Yeah. It was two. I believe it was two. He yeah. was great. Uh, Julius Irving was really uh, something. Love, uh, on your way out, is there anything it. anything you want to tell the crowd? Any any secret you want to reveal? Uh, you, always, you, you know, you get me on that. Well, player awards are coming. And... Um, I, I I do ha- I do have one kind of thing that I regret a little bit. Um, Whoa, I regret. From yeah, him. yeah. This because, well, because this, shocking admission. Yeah, th- because this guy just went into the ring of honor, and I thought I had a moment after it was really after the fact. I thought about it. To me, my most favorite award is is the People's Choice, the most popular player award. It's not the MVP. It's not the best defensive player. It's not the goalie. It's not the rookie of the year. Because the People's Choice, the, the most popular guy, that says, um, that says I was a man in this community who uh, made a difference, and people, people loved, you know, my character and who I was, who I am. Guys like Corey Fulton won it two straight years. Oh yeah. Julian Frazier, I think, won it three straight years. Frazier was a man. I don't remember who won it our first year. Now with the Hatchers, I'm trying to recall. You know, actually. We might not have had the player votes at the end of the first. We probably didn't. Um, 
And now I'm trying to remember who won it last year. I'd have to really... I'm digging deep on this. Am I... Jeez. I'm drawing a blank. But what I wanted to say... What it came to me after the fact... He went into the ring of honor. I think Steve Brown might be the most... Most loved player... To ever play in Danbury. I think universally... Everybody loves that guy. Whatever team... You know, he played for three teams. I think Steve Brown might be... Might be the most popular player in the history of the building. It, again, it's a, it's a debatable thing. Some people would say, "Oh no, this guy." How, how do your jersey sales factor into that? If I gave you, if I said to you, guess who the number one jersey seller is in the Whalers and Hattricks history, you'd never guess unless I told you. Shoot, you got to guess. <sighs> Pat could get it if Whalers is Whalers is uh, Valeli. I told you. I definitely told you then. How about you? You got to guess. Um, <laughs> well, he's correct. I mean, oh, oh, that's what it was? So, okay. yes, it's be, cur- but that doesn't count. It it doesn't count. Well, then the next guy would probably be Nick Nieder, Johnny Ruiz. Um, no, with the Whalers? The Whalers be Nieder? Probably Nieder, yeah. We yeah. sold a lot of his. But Mike Vallely, the skateboarder, uh, probably sold 50 jerseys of his over the course of time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he was... Immensely popular. I mean, he came to Danbury with like a million plus followers and <laughs> and whatever he had going on. And uh, he's a guy I would love to get to come back for alumni night someday. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, look the the stories of meeting him and how it all came together and that journey. How did you actually meet him? Well, what happened was there was a guy working with the league, Rich Lisk, who was the yes, general. Yes, Titans. Yeah, he ran the New Trenton Jersey Titans. Trenton Titans. He ran the Philadelphia Soul in the Arena League. Um, I always would say to him, Is I was he like, still around? He, was, he is in New Jersey. He's in the Trenton area. He does a lot of consulting. He was working with a rugby league. He was working with the Connecticut Sun. He was working with, uh, is it the Connecticut Black Wolf in the, the lacrosse I think league? they just moved somewhere. Were, yeah. Okay. He, yeah, was, yeah. he was doing some stuff with them. Um, so Rich was working with the Federal League because you know I knew him. He was he was an early executive with the Federal League, and I knew him. He's like, hey, I got an idea for you. I'm like, hit me. He's like, he's like, I got a guy who loves hockey, who who has a million has a million people following him. He's been in movies. He's got a connection to the game. He's worked with the Anaheim Ducks, but. The story is that he was doing stuff with the Anaheim Ducks. He got into a fight at a game over a stick, which you can watch it on YouTube. And uh, they kind of cut all ties, and they really – its he's very sour about it. And it's its not a good situation. And he played in an NHL alumni all-star game. Wow. So I'm like, okay. I was like, who is this guy? He's like, it's Mike Vallely. I'm like, well, I was like, look, I really don't know that space. I don't know the action sports stars. Um, he's a skateboarder. He's been in. He was in the fall. Uh, not the fall guy. Uh, what's the name? Of, um, mall, um, I was trying to say a couple things at once. He was in Mall Cop. Yeah. He was in. What's the movie with the bachelor party in Vegas? Uh, what's that movie? Um, uh, Come on, Herm. Uh, with you know the Zach Galifianakis dude. What, oh, what? The Hangover. The hangover. the hangover. He was in Hangover One and Hangover Three. The first. He was in that. He was the guy throwing tuxedos out at the van. Uh, uh, at the oh, end, the guys, uh, yeah. tremendous guy. So, so Rich is like, he wants to sign. He's looking for someone to kind of give him some love in the hockey world. I'm like, well, we'll do this in a second. I was like, no problem. So we announced our team in in December, and this is all coming together. 
we announced it in June, but he's like, all right, he's like, meet me at this mall in like uh, Groton, Connecticut on this day. He's doing a signing at a Zoomies uh, skateboard shop. And he's like, come see what this guy's about. So I'm like, all right. So I meet him with my family at the Olive Garden. And I just see this dude with all this ink, all these tattoos. <laughs> and he's from Jersey. And I'm from Jersey. And I go, I go, my man. I'm like, look at you. I was like, you are playing the part. I was like, what, what's happening here? And we spent about an hour and a half, two hours just, you know, talking about life and hockey. And I remember... You know, he was really bummed about what happened with the Ducks. He had a lot of things that were lined up with them. And he said, I'm looking, he's like, I'm looking for, you know, a, a place to just kind of to do something with, with hockey. And I said, look, I was like, we'll sign you. I was like, I love it. I was like, I was like, we'll give you 110%. We'll give you 110% of everything we got. And I was like, I, I would love it if you, you know, give us that same love back. And um, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, watch what I do for you. And I got to tell you, he delivered a thousand percent. Unbelievable guy. So we finished the lunch at Olive Garden. <laughs> we walk into the mall at Zoomies, and this is a line a mile long wow. of just people like going crazy for him. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, we really hit the jackpot. And he came into town. Um, I guess the season started in October. He came into town like first week of October. Um, I, wa I actually he did a skateboarding show in Brookfield, Connecticut during that summer. So I really got to see one of his shows in action. I'm not a skateboarder. I never had any knowledge of it. And I, I saw it and I was like, this guy's unbelievable. It led to so many good things. Um, so he came to town and one of the best things that Mike V did for us was I start seeing this guy online. This guy, Lucky Dogs Hot Dogs, starts posting, hey, stop down, we're at the green today. First fan to identify Mike V's signal, whatever, gets two free tickets to the Danbury Whalers game. And I'm watching this guy post this stuff repeatedly, day after day. I'm like, who is this guy? Who is this nut job? Who's this? Who's this lunatic selling hot dogs, pitching Mike Vallely? I was like, I, I got to meet this guy. So one thing leads to another, and I find out this guy's watching practice every day. And a fan called, a, you know, I knew a fan who knew someone, and they're like, um, "Hey, my brother's a huge Mike V fan. Could he meet him?" I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "Why don't you bring him down? We'll have pizza up in the locker room." So I'm walking downstairs, and I. I ended up meeting Keith Lombard, who was the Lucky Dog's hot dog sales guy. And I said, Lucky Dog, I was like, you know, you're watching Mike V play hockey every day. You're a huge fan. You love skateboarding. You love all this stuff. Have you ever met Mike V? He's like, no, never. Come on. I'm like, dude, come on upstairs right now. Let's do it. And Lucky Dog came upstairs. We had pizza with, you know, he wasn't even with the group that, that was coming there. So we had a pizza party with like about seven to ten people with Mike V, and it was an unreal experience. And then Lucky Dog came back the next day, and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. He's like, this is unbelievable. Lucky Dog went on to be the assistant general manager for the Danbury uh, Whalers. He gave us three years. He came back with the hat tricks. Just an unbelievable human being. One of one of my best friends in Connecticut. Uh, one of my best friends of all time. Yeah. Um, so Mike V led me to Lucky Dog. Keith Lombard, 
out of um, you know Woodbury, Connecticut, right now. So, um, boy, that was a good one. So you, you mentioned about Mike V. He came in. The fans loved him. The player, the players really loved him. And the t- the the two things I or maybe the you know couple things I always liked about Mike V was we would be out at like Buffalo Wild Wings or TKs or wherever, and the guys would be sitting with him, and people would just come up to him and be like, "Hey, are you Mike V?" He'd be like, "Yeah, dude, what's happening?" And he was like the greatest guy. People would come up to him. He had he had a million followers. He probably had ten million followers. Like oh, wow. people loved him, and. They they were all over him. They they lo- so the segment of that that population that demographic that skateboarding crew they loved him and they they came out we we you know and then the other thing was Mike V wanted to fight he wanted to <laughs> fight that was his dream to get into a fight and uh, he got into a fight he, with he, FHL he, legend he, he, Joe Pell he did he did but the, ne- the there was another time he got into a fight the following year he came back and he lined up with a guy. And the, and Mike V was like, look, hey, you want to go? You know, I gave him the, the respect. Hey, you want to go? Let's do this. And the guy said, he's like, look, Mike, I am one of your biggest fans. He's like, I skateboarded as a kid because of you. <laughs> he's like, no way am I fighting you, man. He's <laughs> like, I love you too much. And, like, stories like that are just unreal. So this is a great trivia question. Mike V played three games for the Danbury Whalers. We never lost a game. Wow. And he has the highest winning percentage in the, in the most games. You know, no one played 10 games and never lost. The most games of a, of a guy to never lose is wow. Mike V. He played three. And we sold the most jerseys. We would, they, would, they would come in from Brazil, Portugal, Germany, all over the world. We sold more speaking Mike Speaking of, before we let you go, speaking <laughs> of Portugal, you know, yeah. Daniel Amesbury was on here. He says he wants a Portuguese night. We can do it, you know. He's he's uh, look. It, it, I love I love any night that we can do and anything, you know. I we have a rule with Daniel Amesbury. Whatever he asks for, he gets. Uh oh. Well, I and I'll tell you, I love the guy. I love the man, and um, I've said it a few times in a few places. He has been way more than we ever could have expected. Not just as a hockey player, as a human being. He's unbelievable. He, he really cares about the guys. Oh my God, he he is such a great guy, and um, I think he, you know, I think he is. I I say this like as complimentary as I can to all the guys who are here. Daniel Amesbury is so far better than the Federal Hockey League. That's not a disrespect on anybody in this league because I'm in this league. I think Daniel Amesbury should be in the NHL. I think he should be in the American. He's hockey. got an entertaining quality that's just undeniable. I, I, I think he, he he should be he should be on TV every week, somewhere doing something. Whether it's hockey, kickboxing, MMA, Barcelona. I, I love him, and I think I think the world of him. And I think you know what's you know what is what really makes me proud about him is he took these suspensions. He what's he we he was suspended for almost twenty games. And he took it like a man. Right. Uh, no, look, there was no other option. But he never said, I'm out of here. Nope. He never said, I'm going home. This is a joke. He said, no, I, I made a commitment. I'm staying through. And he, and he, That's what the other teams wanted him to do. Exactly. Yep. They wanted him to go. And you know what? He's like, no. No way. No way, man. Not that kid. No, no way. I'm here and I'm doing it. It's not and, how he operates. And uh, I can see. Yeah, I, I tell you, 
more than we ever could have asked for. Love the guy. Special guy. Love him. Well, Herm, again, you know, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you. Boys, Pat, you guys do a phenomenal show. Uh, it makes me so proud to hear uh, these podcasts uh, every week and to listen to them. They're, they're just amazing. Uh, you guys should be really proud. Uh, I'm really proud of you, for Thank sure. You. Thanks, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. And once again, fans, that'll do it for the 19th episode of Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake. Um, we're thankful for you guys joining us here on WXCI or joining us on all of our streaming platforms that we stream on, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, also, be sure to follow us on our social media pages. We got an Instagram. We got a Facebook. We got a Twitter. We got all those. We're working on a YouTube page, um, and we have a cool project that will be announced pretty soon. Um, I think you guys are going to like it, and I think a lot of, you know what, I'll, I'll save that. We'll, we'll save that for when we actually make the announcement about um, what we're planning to do in, in future this season. So be on the lookout for that, and make sure to enjoy uh, this beautiful weekend of games and this beautiful weekend in general. Um, spring is fully in bloom, so make sure to get out there and do your thing. Go Hattricks.